2: Margot felt quite exquisite as she dipped her fries in mayo, gracefully extending her pinky to the sky. See, she had just saved by getting Cox Mobile for her family.
3: Yes, more lines,
2: more savings, Margot! Brilliant! She finished her cherry slush drink with a triumphant... Exquisite indeed! Visit a Cox store and pay as low as $30 a line for four or more unlimited lines. 4 lines required for $30 per line price max of 5 lines prices exclude taxes device activation and other fees and charges other restrictions apply
1: hello this is sam sworicks here and welcome to the 4000 holes podcast
0: are listening to the 4000 holes podcast brought to you by the people at brfcs.com and sponsored by the lovely people at the terrace
2: hello and welcome to the 4000 holes podcast the what now show with me roger whiteside joined once again by my co we'll hosts James Marsh and Ian Hubbard for a special two-parter on the eve of the brand new season. Part one, we'll be looking at our one to twenty-four predictor using a squash ladder med- method. For those who are familiar with the old squash club <laughs> ranking system, uh, and part two, we're just going to have a little debrief uh, on the Girona game. Of course, myself, James, and Ian were there on Saturday. Great to interact with a lot of listeners, followers, people on the forums, etc. We're going to uh, go through what we learned on the day and some interviews from the day as well, including one with marketing manager at Bottom Fraser Reed. So plenty to look forward to. I want to get straight into it. Ian, James, good to see you this evening. The squash ladder idea, which is where a team, we're going to draw a team from random and then we're going to draw another team and we're going to work out in our own opinions whether or not they would be better than the other. Ian, Your idea this, the squash ladder. Yeah, it is. yeah,
0: The way way you've just explained it, I'm already having doubts, but we'll bring it to life, honestly. So, yeah, what we want to end up with is our collective prediction of 1 to 24, and we're doing it using what computer programmers would call basic sorting, I think, where we think one is going to be higher than the other, then the next team comes in. You'll soon get the hang
1: of it.
2: Yes, and hopefully that will keep the listeners on the toes because nobody knows who's coming next, and that's in Willemir. So we'll, we'll get straight into it. So let's select a team from random. I've got my Google 1 to 24 random number generator out in front of me here. I'm going to start with number five, and that's going to be Coventry City. Ian, I'm going to come straight to you because we actually did a little rehearsal. People may be astounded to know that we do rehearsals here. Absolutely, yeah. You're you're seeing daylight in
0: the pond magic here, aren't you, really?
2: And Coventry, one of the names we mentioned in the rehearsal. So, Ian, I'll come straight to you. Where do you... Where do you see Coventry season going?
0: I'm seeing Coventry certainly uh, nearer the top than the middle, shall we say. They've lost Victor Giocares, if that's the way you pronounce it, but they've brought in Ellis Sims, who, of course, was on the radar of, uh, of Rovers, apparently, if you believe some of the rumours that were doing the rounds. Uh, there have quite a few players come in. They've, they've signed eighty and Latti Bodiere, who I think was ex of Swansea, is another one that they brought in. But I think Coventry have got a good manager. I think they've got a good setup. I think they'll build on last season. So I'm imagining they're going to finish nearer to the top than them.
2: Yeah, as you said, they've lost some key players. Uh, Gustavo Hamer, another one that may be on his way out there, probably by the end of the transfer window. Norton Coffee, the right-back who did very well from Arsenal. And Burnley, centre-back Loney McNulty, who another key cog in that, uh, that side. So we'll... Coventry are our sort of base level where we're going to go to. So I'm going to randomly generate another number, and that's going to be number 24, West Bromwich Albion, of course, Rovers' first opponents this weekend. Do we think West Brom are going to finish higher or lower than Coventry? That is essentially the exercise. So, James, I'm going to come to you now.
3: I think Coventry are going to finish higher. West Brom have got a good manager and a good team, but I think they're in a bit of a financial bother. Coventry's reinvestments from the Victor gallo money, has been well spent, obviously, bringing in Ellis Sims. And I just read on Twitter today that they're also signing a strike from Turkey for about €9 million. I think there's a lot of pressure on them to do it, but I think I do think Coventry will finish higher.
2: Ian, do you agree with that? Do you think Coventry will finish higher than West Bromwich Albion?
0: Yeah, I do, because I think um, West Brom are a bit of a financial basket case. They've signed Josh Madra, of course, another one who was allegedly on the the radar of Rovers. Uh, I... They've got a good manager and they finished last season, uh, particularly strongly uh, after a poor start, which saw Steve Bruce go. But I think Coventry have got a little bit more about them. I think they'll be there or thereabouts, but I do think that Coventry have just got a little bit more than West Brom.
2: The next number out of the hat is number six, which is Huddersfield Town. Now, again, maybe obvious, but I'll come back to you, Ian. Do we think Huddersfield are going to finish higher than West Brom at Charbyan? Coventry or lower than West Bromwich Albion? I think that's easy.
0: I think that's easy. Uh, lower, but there is the Warnock factor, isn't there? That's the thing that you've always got to uh, to sort of like build in. They've got Neil Warnock, so I expect them to be down towards the bottom, but I expect them to be perhaps just outside the relegation zone.
2: Yeah, no, Warnock's one of those where I, I don't know whether I can see him actually being there all season. He uh, had a much better squad at Middlesbrough to achieve something with than he does at Huddersfield going into this campaign, and in fact, I was listening to the, not the top 20 podcast uh, as part of the research before coming on the show today. And uh, one of the uh, the interviews on there likened Neil Warnock to Ben Stokes saying that when the back's against the wall, they're brilliant. But perhaps when they go out with a bit of freedom and they can play the shots, uh, not got as good a record, which is uh, quite an interesting uh, analysis, sort of comparison, should I say, between Warnock and Ben Stokes. But uh, uh, James... You agree. I mean, again, it's a bit low-hanging fruit at this point of the contest, surely. Huddersfield going to be lower than West Brom and Coventry.
3: Like you said, they've practically got rid of a full squad, um, sold Dwayne Holmes to Preston, and I think Will Boyle went to Brexham, I want to say. But yeah, they've practically sold a full, got rid of a full squad and only brought in a keeper from Blackpool, and I think Tom Edwards is a de- defender from Stoke. I expect him to be near the bottom, but I expect Neil Warnock factor. To keep them up.
2: So there you go. We've got Huddersfield finishing comfortably below West Bromwich, Albion and Coventry. The next name out of the hat is number 17, which means we move from West Yorkshire to South Yorkshire and you're next to the woods, Ian, Rotherham. Now this will be interesting because I think, again, I don't want to talk for you, but I think we're all assuming that Rotherham will finish below Coventry and West Bromwich Albion, but will they finish higher or lower than Huddersfield? Ian, I'll come to you.
0: That's a really, really tough one. Rotherham are one of those yo-yo sides that uh, seem to go up and down. I'd really love them to stay in. I think that they're, they're going to be very, very close to Huddersfield. I have to say, I'm going to have to punt for one or the other, aren't I? I'm going to say that they will finish one place above Huddersfield Town.
3: James? I'm one below the loss of been. I'm not sure oh, Benny, I think it is. Oh, That's Benny, the one who yeah. was also on Rover's radar, apparently. Um, I think the loss of him is quite massive, and Richard Wood, who is a vastly experienced defender as well, I think think that will um, tampen with them as well. So yeah, I'm going. I'm going. It's very close. but I'm going one below.
2: That means that I've got the casting vote. Then first time I get to wield my power on this podcast so far. I, it's it's so tough, isn't it? This this is a, an early tough one. I, I think. I could see Rotherham finishing one above Huddersfield again. I'm going to go with Ian on this one. Yeah, for me, I think Rotherham finished one above Huddersfield. So uh, the next number out is number 23, Watford. Now this is going to fill out the board a little bit. Do we think Watford are going to finish higher than Huddersfield and Rotherham? I think probably the consensus between the gents is that's the case, but... uh, Coventry, West Brom, do we see them finishing higher than Coventry? I'll come to you first, James.
3: Uh, no, I think no will finish lower than both Coventry and West Brom. I think the loss of Jao Pedro and Ishmael Sarr in particular, huge losses for them. They have brought in Reese Healy, Jake Livermore, who gets that experience, but I don't I don't actually rate him that much. And I do like I do like Jamal Lewis at the left back signing. Um, but I don't think the manager is all that brilliant. He got Barnsley today. Playoffs, um, but I think he struggled quite vastly at West Brom. So yeah, I think I think they'll be below Coventry and West Brom,
2: but above Rotherham and Huddersfield.
0: Yes, above above Rotherham and Huddersfield.
2: Do you agree that with that uh, analysis Ian?
0: I do. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to uh, not going to examine that in any greater detail.
2: No, it would be interesting to see, obviously, how long Valerian Ishmael lasts at Watford. Who knows? It could be September. It could be <sighs> October.
0: He might not be there by the time we finish recording. You never know. Maybe not. Maybe
2: not. Let's <laughs> going to move on to the next team, number eight. That's Ipswich Town. Now, these are a great one to come to because I've seen a lot of pretty bullish predictions when it comes to Ipswich Town. Some having them as high as third, others having them in the playoffs. Most of them have them well outside of the relegation places. So it'll be interesting to see where you put them.
0: I'm seeing momentum with Ipswich. Um, I, there was also a cracking interview with their chief exec on the, I think it was the Price of the Football podcast, uh, towards the end of last season. And he inspired me to such an extent that I can see why, if people have interviewed him, um, Ipswich are, are up there in in perhaps those dark horses. There is There is something about a side coming up, if they can have momentum and keep it going, that puts them in a strong place. They've also got another striker with a Rovers link, George Hurst. Uh, how's he going to perform? That's going to be absolutely fascinating to watch. Uh, they, they've had a bit of a clear out. They've got rid of quite a few players, including Rakeem Harper, another um, player with Rovers connections. I think the manager is very highly rated as well. They're just that's, It seems to be a club that's aligned and is going places. So I'm going to have them above Watford but below West Brom.
2: James, where would you put them above Watford, below West Brom, or maybe even pushing above
3: Coventry? I think they are the team that will gather the momentum, um, I think the particular signing of Amari Hutchinson is very exciting. Winger from Chelsea, who's very highly rated, and I think he'll have a brilliant season. And Jack Taylor, the midfielder from Peterborough, I think I think he's a quite a good addition as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm with Ian on this one.
2: So there are two votes for Ipswich slotting in just behind West Bromwich Albion, the third-ranked team of the teams we mentioned thus far. Another obvious connection you didn't mention there, Ian, Christian Walton is still their goalkeeper. Whether or not he'll be number one going into the season, I don't know. But uh, if there's something for our predictions, it would be for Christian Walton to have a blinder at Ewood Park. I think that's the... Mm. And George Hurst to score. Perhaps that's what uh, is the obvious prediction. Club number 21, which is Sunderland. Another one of our old favourites, our old friend, our old mucker, Mr. Pony Mowbray. And of course, Bradley Dack at the Stadium of Light. Do we see them finishing in the playoffs, which essentially is, I think, what we're we're saying at the moment if they finish above Coventry. James, do you see them finishing higher than Coventry in this list?
3: No, I think they'll finish below Coventry. It's just written in the stars, isn't it? Bradley Dack to come back and score at Eva Park, I think. It's just written. Especially after the interview, it's left quite a sour taste in everybody's mouth. Um, they've had a good window. They have signed some young players. They signed the experience in DAC as well. I think they'll have a good season, but I expect them to finish uh, below Coventry and possibly just below the playoff.
2: Ian, do you uh, do you see them just slotting in just behind Coventry and that sort of edge of the playoffs, maybe sneaking into the playoffs position?
0: I think they're going to be there or thereabouts again. I think a lot will depend on what Mowbray can get out of out of DAC. They're an interesting team, aren't they? Under them, because we, we we all know Mowbray so well that when he got him up there last season, I think that shocked everybody. I think they're yeah. gonna be they're gonna be on the coattails of Coventry, but I'll agree with Jay.
2: Keeping hold of Jack Clark, I think, is a big one. Yeah, for that's he's great a great player. He's a great. He's a very good, very good player for them. And again, I'm going to put it on record here as one of my predictions for this season. I'd be amazed if Bradley Dack scores. Ten to fifteen league goals this season.
3: Yeah, I, would. I, I, I hope
2: he does all right. I don't wish him any ill will, but yeah, number fifteen, and that's our near neighbours just down the A fifty nine, Preston North End. Now, again, perhaps speaking on behalf of James and Ian, I think Preston are going to sort of slot in, in and around that sort of Ipswich Watford area of the table. Do we see them finishing above Watford and Ipswich, or below?
0: Let's try and make this one quick then. Below, James. Below.
3: Um, I like I like I like the signing of Calvin Ramsey, um, and I think their obsession with Tom Cannon is going to pay off. I think he's on his way back, and um, I think they're going to pay the ridiculous morphy, I think they're off, they're asking for middle of the road, but below Watford and above Rotherham.
2: I think Preston will be what we all think, which is solid, not going down, not going up. There are thereabouts in mid table and. Will the fans stick with yeah. Ryan Lowe? Or will will the attendances stay high? Will the feel-good factor that they had with those attendances and the seed ticket sales last year carry on? Who knows? I think Preston will be what Preston fans expect they are, which is sort of, yeah, mid, top of the bottom half, should we say. Well, let's move on to uh, the next number out, which is, I think, one of the big boys and perhaps one of the first teams that are going to slot in above Coventry on our squash ladder, at, uh, and that is number 10. Leicester City now of course Robbers went to the King Power Stadium last year and picked up a famous FA Cup victory
3: I expect him to be right up there the additions of Callum Doyle bring some champion experience they obviously did really well with um, Coventry Connor Claudie as well he's a very experienced signing got promoted the Wolves and kept Everton up last year and I think Harry Winks is, I don't really rate him that highly, but I think he's way too good for a championship. And I also read today that the in talks to sign that Chris, the Crystal Palace winger that was on oh, yeah, London right. Charlton last season. Yeah, right. Saki. That's who I would have talked rather as well, because he, seems, he looks like a brilliant player. So yeah, I expect Leicester to be right up there.
2: Ian, bookies favourites for the championship title. Uh, easy to put them at the top of this list as far, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I don't think I don't think they'll win the title, but I do think they'll be up there. So they're definitely above commentary in our squash rider.
2: Well, there you go. Moving on to our next club, and uh, it's number 22, Swansea City. Now, again, perhaps a team that we're going to be slotting in and around that mid-table sort of West Bromwich Albion Ipswich Watford sort of area I would have thought Ian
0: yeah I mean they've they've had quite a lot of managerial turmoil haven't they in the last few years it looked like things are settling down then they've lost Russell Martin hasn't he's he gone to uh, Southampton Southampton, hasn't he so a new manager coming in it's always going to be difficult to to, to anticipate quite what the impact is going to have Jerry Jerry Yates he's the Blackpool guy isn't he who's gone there so, uh, chance for him to um, carve out a reputation. In terms of players that they've lost, uh, well, we've already mentioned Latibodier, I think, as somebody that we, another ex-Rovers connection, Michael Obafemi, uh, someone <laughs> that we were supposed to. He, he's departed those shores. Yeah, they're going to be they're going to be lower mid-table. I think I'm going to put them below Watford.
2: James, do you agree in that sort of Watford Preston sandwich that we have with them at the moment?
0: I agree. I think. The loss of
3: Ryan Manning is a big one in particular because I think he's a, been a fantastic left back. The signing of Jerry Yates is a good one, and Carl Rushworth, I, I believe, he's on loan from Brighton. Um, he's apparently very highly rated down down south there. Um, so yeah, I expect him below what the above Preston.
2: Another key name to watch out for. Then Joel Perot gets most of the goals for Swansea. Yeah. Whether he stays or goes, another big loss. I, I think a lot. A lot of clubs like Rovers looking for that striker, looking for that goal scorer in that sort of mid-pack of the, of the table. i uh, move on to number nine is the next name out of the hat and another one of the perennial big boys, another one of the relegated sides. That's Leeds United, dirty leads to a generation. Livermore them or hate them. I think they're going to be there or thereabouts, Ian. Where do you have Leeds above Leicester?
0: Definitely above Leicester. Yeah, definitely above Leicester. Uh, I think they picked a really good manager in Daniel Farke. Uh, I think the support at Leeds is is terrific. They have managed to keep most of the squad. I think uh, Leeds are my tip for the title. Actually,
2: James, do you agree? Leeds for the title.
0: Leeds
3: are my tip for the title. I mean, they've got rid of some players that didn't want to be there, and they and they still managed to keep all the lights. Of- so far, I keep the likes of Jack Harrison, Somerville, uh Router, Bamford, Tyler Adams. It's just an it's just an insanely good squad for the championship. And I expect I expect him to run away with the with the league, really.
2: Yeah, talking about what the championship really is becoming and it's the haves of the Premier League clubs coming down and the have nots of the teams that have been in the championship the year before last. these are an interesting one for me. I think Farkas obviously a manager that I wanted Rovers to get last year when he was linked with us. Certainly a big name. Done it with Norwich, as we've said before. The expectation's going to be big there. I still wonder whether there's that Bielsa hangover there. I think everyone would love Bielsa to be the manager still. And that side. i have got a lot of older players, that we said, still there. Ailing, Cooper. Whether or not they'll be that experience you need to to go up, I don't know. But obviously, they'll be really well supported. It'll be the toughest place to go, I think, in the Championship, or at least one of them. So, yeah, Leeds, definitely there or thereabouts. In our opinion, the next one is well. We'll stay in Yorkshire. We'll go to number eighteen and another team from your parish, Ian, Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, they play in Owleton. Is that right? In uh, in Sheffield,
0: I think I think the locals pronounce it Owleton. Uh, my wife oh. was here. I, I would take. I think, it, but it, yeah, it's spelt Owleton. But uh, I think it's Owleton. Uh, I've got Sheff, uh, Sheffield Wednesday right down towards the bottom in a bit of a bun fight with QPR. So I'm putting them below Huddersfield Town on our squash ladder so far.
2: Yeah, I think they're, they're one of the bookies' favourites to go down. James, do you have them the bottom of the list of the teams we've uh, we've named thus far?
0: Yeah.
3: Um, I mean, I, not, None of their signs really fill me with any excitement. I can't really see them doing that well, to be honest. Yeah, right down at the bottom, I think.
2: Of course, they have got rid of their manager this summer as well, Darren Moore, another one with the Rovers' connection, who was... Uh, at Robbers, I believe at, at one point did a wonderful job in getting them up and particularly with that in the playoffs, of course, but yeah, you maybe just some of the stories that you hear and I always feel as though the championship is the stable clubs are generally the ones that you can rely on. They are going to be there in the mid table and perhaps might put a playoff push together but when there's the chaos, there's ten-year the season tickets that people are talking about, the, the owners writing articles on websites and, Managers leave, even though they've got teams promoted. It's not a great look. Sheffield Wednesday are a massive club. Of course, Hillsborough, wonderful stadium. Yeah, I think they're going to struggle. I yeah. like you two. So, uh, yeah, we have had them currently as the bottom of the list of teams that we've got so far. Here's another one. For you, number three, and that's Bristol City. Now, Bristol City really have sort of an enigmatic side. I think we've seen... Two good Bristol City performances at Ewood in the last couple of years, where of course they've beaten Rovers both times 3 2. And of course, that game where Bradley Duck came back and missed the penalty and uh, Andreas Weiman uh, scored a wonderful goal at the Darwin end. But uh, maybe more of the same in terms of pushing for the, the top of the bottom half or maybe the bottom of the top half. James, uh, Bristol City, where would you fit
3: them in? Yeah, I would put them below Watford. I like the sa- they've sign some good players. Rob Dickey um, is a good experienced championship centre back. Jason Knight from Derby is a good one. Um, I think the key for them is whether they can keep hold of Alex Scott. Um, I think he, he looks like he's off the ball. Now. So, yeah, I, I expect him to be middle of the pack, but I don't I don't really see them kicking on with Nigel Pearson as manager. No. Ian,
2: do you agree with that? You I do, yeah.
0: Too. Nothing to add to that. I think Bristol City are uh, a team that you keep expecting to burst out. Uh, they've not been in the top division for so many years, of course, and the, I know the fans are really desperately keen to get back. I don't think this is their year though.
2: You always feel as though with the city the size of Bristol uh, and the catchment area and, and the potential of them to go on and be big force in English football and push up for the playoff positions, it's always there but never quite materialises. So yeah, I think I'd agree with you in terms of sort of top of the bottom or middle of the bottom in and around that sort of Watford Swansea sandwich as we have them at the moment. We'll say in the Southwest, actually, for our next team, and that's number four, and that's Cardiff City, Bristol City's big local rivals. I'll come to you, James. Uh, Cardiff, a lot of people tipping them to struggle this season. So I'll say, are are they finishing above or below the sort of Rotherham-Huddersfield axis
3: that we have going at the moment? Uh, I think they'll stay up. I'm not sure whether it'll be co- a comfortable stay-up, but I think they'll stay up. I think Aaron Ramsey going back to his boyhood club will give the fans and the club a big lift. Um, they've recently signed Josh Bowler from Nottingham Forest, which I think is a great signing. Um, again, we have loved them at Rovers, but I don't think Forest are our friends. So yeah, I, I expect them to stay up, um, but I expect them to be below North End. Ian, do you agree with that?
0: I agree exactly with that. Yeah, I think they'll be towards the bottom end, but uh, I don't think they'll go down.
2: The next club is going to be number 13. And uh, for record, actually, we're using the alphabetical order for all these, where you're wondering what numbers we've assigned to the uh, various teams. So the 13th named club in the alphabet this season is Norwich City. Canaries from Carroll Road. Where do we think they are going to finish? Ian, I'll come to you for this one, I presume sort of top half, bottom of the top half, top of the bottom half.
0: You'd think, but you fear for them a little bit. Are they sort of like another incarnation of what Rovers were that you miss out the first time and each subsequent season just becomes that little bit harder? Well, they've lost Timo Pukki, of course, and there was rumours again at the back end of last season that Rovers might have been interested in him, I think, until we saw his wages. They've signed Shane Duffy, so that's another... Rovers connection and they signed a player who's very fondly thought of by Rover supporters in the form of mm-hmm. Ashley Barnes so oh. he can expect a very warm welcome at Ewood. Um, I think they'll be in the top half but I think they might just have missed the boat. I'm going to put them above their East Anglian rivals, Ipswich Town.
2: James, do you see them finishing higher than Ipswich?
3: No, I see them below Ipswich by one. I think of Pukki is a big loss and a big goal scorer to replace and actually I think the mistake of letting Barley Mumba leave to Plymouth was a huge error because I think he's a really good left, good young left-back and I think obviously when will move on to Plymouth I think they've got a really good left-back there. I think it was a mistake letting him leave.
2: Yeah, it's interesting that Wagner didn't really have the impact last season that a lot of people thought he would do, did he? He sort of struggled down this stretch, uh, down at that back end of the season, struggled for goals, whether Ashley Barnes... And be that man again. Of course, he was integral to Burnley. Let's face it; they they played off him, played Ooh. through him, particularly the game at Ewood. It was a lot. It was involved very much in the play. But yeah, another year older. Whether yeah. he's there, <laughs> I think Norwich will be the themes that uh, Rovers fans love to hate. I think this year Norwich for some uh, non-geographical reasons yeah. with uh, Hanley, Muffy and uh, actually Ashley, Ashley Barnes in there. But yeah, I, I'm going to have him below Ipswich as well. Ian, I'll use my casting vote to just put them one place below. which I think they'll be, be fine. They're not going to get dragged into any any issues. But I think, yeah, they'll flatter to deceive more often than not, in my opinion.
3: Uh, Ashley Barnes is a really good keeper as well. Definitely not this. So let's, like
2: let's let's, let's let let it let it go, James. <laughs> let it go. <laughs>
0: the next <Never. laughs>
2: the next the next team out of the hat is number seven, and that is Hull City. To the East Ridings of Yorkshire or Humberside, I think it is called these days.
0: Ian, yeah, we're starting to get into the meat and drink of this squash ladder now, aren't they? So, if yeah. if Hull City were to take Cardiff City on, would they expect to win? I think they would. Preston, mm, I think that's where they that's where they'll start to struggle. Hull Warner, again, one of those sides of what they are becoming the plaything of their turkish owner and lots and lots of sort of players emanating from that part of the world that they've been very interested in uh, they've got a a decent young manager who's got a lot to prove but i just don't think they've necessarily got the quality i'm going to put them just below preston north end
2: james do you do you have them below preston or would you think hull would beat preston in our sort of fictional squash ladder championship predictions
3: i think they might narrowly beat preston I think Messina is um, a good manager, but obviously has to prove himself. Um, I think Liam Delap will prove to be a good signing for them. Obviously, they've got all the Turkish influence as well with the owner, um, and and today they announced not signing of Aaron Connolly from Brighton on a permanent base as well. So in Connolly, Delap, and is he called Estepinian? I think is that what he's called? Pinyan, yeah. Oscar Estepinan, yeah. I that, yeah, I think they've got a really good trio of strikers there, but I just think Rasenia's lack of managing experience in that league will will let them down.
2: I'm going to side with you, Ian, again and go Hull one below Preston in my opinion. I think, again, the ownership there, a little bit unsettled. You just do wonder where the goals are coming from. The lap, I mean, he's one of those strikers who he should have it all, shouldn't he, really? He's a big specimen. I think Hull will be fine, but yeah, I just have them below Preston. (laughs)
1: My name's Erin Griffin, and I'm in the online ABSN program. Marymount University is preparing
0: Erin for her nursing career. My professors really want me to succeed. My experience with Marymount has been really great. She's studying online and will be graduating in just 16 months. Getting that hands-on experience is really helpful, and I feel ready to go out in person and practice my clinical skills. Virginia needs nurses. Make a career change and make a difference. Visit
3: virginiacareerchange.com for more details. virginiacareerchange.com
2: the next number is going to be number one and that's Birmingham City the upwardly mobile Birmingham City who have new ownership and uh, and renewed optimism I believe coming out of St Andrews at the moment so where do we think that will lead them to this year James where could you see them are they are they going to be above someone like a Norwich or an Ipswich or do you think they'll be sort of in that sort of Bristol City Watford Swansea? area of the table or maybe even below Preston or further down. Where, where can you see Birmingham, the Blues, finishing this season?
3: I'm going out on a limb and I'm going to say in between Ipswich and Norwich. I think top half of Birmingham would be a really good finish. Obviously they've got all the renewed optimism. The signings have been really good. I actually think they've probably had the best window along with Coventry in the league. Obviously they got Dion Sanderson back. They've got a good left-back in Lieber Cannon. And also they lost Chong to Luton a, a reasonable fee, but I, I think they'll have a good season. I, I, I really do like the business that they've, that they've done, um, especially Seregi Dambele who was once linked with Rose once upon a time ago. So yeah, between it, know it's
2: it's another Rose's link. Uh, It'd be. I always think Birmingham are a tough out when it comes to Rovers. I mean, we played them four times last season in the league at Ewood, where we won two one. Where I thought Birmingham were fantastic that day. Thomas Kaminski man of the match. We played them in the cup, where we couldn't shake them off, and they equalised in injury time. We played them again in the cup replay, where it took a was it hundred and tenth minute own goal on a sort of. Well, the 31st of January, wasn't it? When uh, people could have been doing other oh. jobs, should we say, uh, that night. It took a lot to get past them on that night. And then, of course, Rita Kadra scored the goal uh, to see Birmingham beat Rovers uh, for the first game back after the international break. And what ultimately became the first of a, a sort of a slide down the table for Rovers and out of the playoff positions. But Birmingham, do you think, uh, do you agree with James, that they'll be upwardly the mobile this season, Ian, and uh, maybe put them in that top half finish? Or do you think?
0: I've got them below Norwich.
2: You've got them but below above Norwich. Watford.
0: So. So you've got the casting vote, my friend.
2: I think that what you said, Ian, in terms of above Watford, below Norwich, so maybe 12th, 13th in the table when all said and done, I think that'll be progress for Birmingham. I think that's what they can expect. The next number I'm going to pull out is going to be number 14, and that's going to be Plymouth Argyle. Now, we mentioned them before. Or you mentioned them before, James. Plymouth, a lot of people seem to be quite excited for Plymouth this season as well. Do you think they'll get drawn into a relegation scrap? Or could you sort of see them being in and around that sort of Swansea-Preston mark?
3: I can see them in between Swansea and Preston. I think they'll survive comfortably. Um, I think they've made good signings and signings that the fans are used to. Also, Barley Mumba and Norman and they were on loan there last season. Um, again, they announced a sign of Finn Azaz. I think I think he's called a midfielder. Uh, I believe he was on loan there as well last season. So they're bringing in familiar faces that they know, that the fans know, and we can just settle into that style of play really easily. I expect them to carry a little, a little bit of momentum, but not as much as Ipswich. And I think they'll have a good season. So yeah, below Swansea but above Preston.
2: Ian, do you agree with that?
0: I'm not as bullish, I have to say. Um, no. I think Plymouth is one of the great underachieving well, certainly city teams obviously in, in the country because they've never been in the top flight and I always think that they're, they're a great team to play as on football manager. <laughs> so they I want to be the manager that takes Plymouth to the Premier League and so that of breaks down. Uh, they won't be going to the Premier League this season, but I don't think they'll go down. But I think they'll be lower down. I'm putting them below Cardiff City.
2: Sorry, James, I feel like I'm going with Ian. So. It's okay, it's but right. I, I think I think you have a very there could be a surprise package, let's face it, Plymouth. No one's gonna to want to travel to Plymouth out there on a limb, they just say deepest, as darkest as Devon. Uh, they've got a strong mentality going there. They've got a manager who's obviously been successful in Schumacher who will be there all season, whether they're bottom at Christmas or top at Christmas. He'll be there, won't he? he he's, he's going to be the one who's going to be very steady Eddie. I think they'll stay up. Uh, but Yeah, maybe just in that. Yeah, Cardiff Hall, that seems to be the area where uh, I feel they're Rightfully going to end up this season. I've of a few big names left in the hat who we haven't mentioned this far. So let's turn our attention back towards the top of the league, and the next number out is number eleven, and that is last year's perennial, perhaps underachievers when all was said and done in Middlesbrough. James, I'm going to come back to you. Clan Michael Carrick and. Nara Lenehan and the boys recreate last season's magic and maybe go one better this season, or uh, will they sort of slip back into the pack?
3: I think they'll be in the playoffs again, and um, but I'm I'm going out on a limb again, and I think they'll be uh, around about fourth or fifth. So I'm going go, to go above commentary by one. I'm I'm yet to be impressed by any of their signings.
2: Ryan Giles, another name that they've lost from last season. Oh, yeah. The Ro- Rovers' connection. Ian, I presume Middlesbrough will be there, thereabouts, when it comes to the playoffs, but would, would you have them sort of pushing up towards Leicester and Leeds on the teams we've mentioned thus far, or do you agree with James, just in and around that, above Coventry and above Sunderland?
0: I expect to see them in the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, I think the, their supporters will expect to see them in the playoffs. So I think on our ladder, as it is at the moment, I have them above Coventry City. So another so are
2: yeah, well, another team that is a big name that we haven't mentioned thus far at the top end of the table is ball number 19, or team number 19. And that is Southampton, uh, all the way from the northeast to the south coast in St. Mary's Stadium. Southampton, they're going to be there or thereabouts again, you would have thought. Ian, I'll come back to you on this one. Russell Martin moved from Swansea to to the Saints this season. Do you think they'll be looking the top two or maybe even number one in the table?
0: They'll be in the conversation for sure for the automatic places, you would imagine. They have quite a nippy uh, striker at Southampton who I think in the Championship should be able to find space and score a few goals and actually start to endear himself to their supporters. And uh, again, another one of those that you're expecting to come back to where you wouldn't score. Uh, Bless him. Uh, I, I think Southampton will finish higher than Middlesbrough, but not as high as Leicester City.
2: James, do you agree with that?
3: Yeah, between Leicester and Middlesbrough, um, I don't actually rate Russell Martin that much as a manager. I think he's all possession with no end product, but Southampton have got a very good squad. I mean, if they can keep hold of James Moore Proud, I mean, he would be an unbelievable player in the Championship. Um, Obviously, Adam Armstrong, another Rovers link. He, He scores goals for fun in this league. So, yeah, I expect him to be up there in the playoffs, but I don't think they'll... I don't think they would go up from the
2: playoffs. Interesting. I think I would agree with you there in terms of they're going to be there or thereabouts playoffs. Surely massive club for this level. So long in the Premier League, coming down, good young setup there, always got a good youth system, so I think they'll do do quite well. Uh, The next name out of the hat is number 12, and that is Millwall. Of course, the last Rovers game in the Championship was at the Den, where they came from behind to win 4-3 against Millwall, costing them a place in the playoffs. Do we see... Then being there or thereabouts again this season or will perhaps the off-field tragedy with their owner uh, unfortunately died in a car accident uh, earlier last month having like a lingering effect on Millwall and the club going forward do, do we see them being there or thereabouts
0: uh, yeah um i thought they um they they had an outstanding season last year i thought they were you know they were role models for the for those sorts of clubs that uh that have no money. Oh, hang on a minute. That's us, isn't it? <laughs> so maybe they're a role model for us now. Um On our squash ladder where we've got them at the moment, I'm umming and eyeing between whether I put them underneath Ipswich whether I put them underneath Norwich City. I think I'm going to put them underneath Norwich City.
2: James, do you see them in that sort of Norwich City, Birmingham City sandwich?
3: I think they'll have a similar season to last season. They'll be there and thereabouts and just drop off at the last hurdle above Ipswich but below West Brom I think I think they've a similar season to last season but I think they'll drop off a
2: bit Yeah I think I'd maybe see them going so tough, it's this flip of a coin whether they finish above or below Ipswich for me Let's go with you this time James, I'll say above Ipswich uh, I think Millwall, they'll be there or thereabouts I think they'll be strong, they've got a good setup. I like Gary Rowett as a manager, he's always done well at this level, so uh, yeah I can see them, another team sort of in and around that mix or what I think personally will be in and around that mix and Interesting to see what you'll feel about is number 20. Team number 20 from the Bet365 Stadium, Stoke City, who seem to have recruited very shrewdly again this summer, although we seem to say that about them every every summer is this going to be the year where it finally all comes together for stoke city with and alex neil and they make that step up into the playoff positions or at least threatening which they've not done for some time
0: stoke city arguably the richest club in the division of course given their ownership but thanks to ffp they can't spend all the money which is probably just as well for the rest of us i think this it, they're potentially a dark horse of the playoffs here I think if, they, if they're up there or thereabouts, you, you feel that they're one of the clubs who could spend a lot of money in January and it would just make the difference. I'm going to be quite bullish. Uh, they're going to be close to another team in red and white stripes. I'm going to have them finishing just above Sunderland, I think.
2: James, do you see them finishing just ahead of the Mackhams, the Black
3: Cats? No, I've got them just below Sunderland. I think I think they've made some really good signings, obviously getting Ben Pearson back, uh, Mark Travers, who exceptional keeper in this league. I do expect him to kick on, but I don't I don't think they'll have enough to sneak into the playoffs, but they'll be there and thereabouts. So I would go below Sunderland and above
2: West Brom. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you again there, James, in terms of, again, very close between the two sides. You just feel as though Stoke will manage to get in their own way at some point this season. They've got a wonderful team. I thought they were brilliant when they had that run, didn't they, when we played them? They beat Sunderland at the stadium. Like, was it 5 1? Will Smallbone, who played really well for him that day. And then, of course, they beat Rovers 3 2 on a Friday night on Sky when realistically 3-2 flattered Rovers because we scored two in the last minute, I think, and nearly <laughs> got a point out of nowhere. But uh, they were really strong. I've just And they were they, were, they did enough at Ewood to be as they, one of the only sides. In fact, I think it was only them and Burnley who did the double overs last season in the championship. But uh, yeah, so by process of elimination, there are only two teams left and I'm saving one team for the end. Uh, so we'll come to team number 16. And that is a team pretty much on um, in uh, well, if, if reports are to believe in absolutely dire straits. And I'm not talking about Rovers, I'm talking about Rangers, Queen's Park Rangers, aside from Loftus Road, managed by former Blackburn boy Gareth Ainsworth. Uh, Ian, I'm going to come to you now. Basically, let's let's cut to the chase the key PR finish below Sheffield Wednesday and finish bottom of the league or do they finish above Sheffield Wednesday and get relegated or do they sneak out of the relegation zone and finish above Huddersfield and Rotherham as we see it? Where do you see them this season?
0: I, I think I think they're in trouble because I don't think Gareth Ainsworth is all that and I don't think he's had the impact that many would have hoped. It's always dangerous to read into pre-season friendlies but anyone who read the excellent match report in Loft for Words from the pre-season friendly against Oxford, can be left in no doubt whatsoever that this is a club in turmoil. Uh, given that Clive, the guy who writes, uh, writes those articles for Loft for the Woods, he's such a devoted fan uh, and knows so much about them, and he is deeply troubled, I'm using that as my lever to put them rock-solid bottom. But it's going to be nip and tuck between, I think, three sides in blue and white down at the bottom, Huddersfield, Sheffield Wednesday and QPR.
2: James, do you agree with that one? That analysis there from Ian? Yeah,
3: I think that'll be absolutely rock bottom. I know Gareth Haines was a blab and boy, but I r I don't rate him as a manager that highly as a championship manager. And I read today that apparently one of the rare ex players and um, is, is suing them. So that they, they really are just in a, a world full of trouble.
2: I, I think they'll struggle personally, myself, whether or not they're the worst team in the league, I suppose only time will tell. Will the, the wonder of the championship is we'll soon know, won't we? Interestingly, some weird, wild-eyed scenario, wonder whether or not it doesn't work out for Neil Warnock at Huddersfield for whatever reason. And he's on the sort of managerial merry-go-round, should we speak, in February, and he rocks up back at QPR to keep them up. Maybe that's a a sort of wild-eyed pie-in-the-sky scenario. Yeah, it's going to be a tough season, I think, for QPR. I think I agree with both of you two. We've got them dead last at the moment. So that leaves only one championship side. And, of course, that is the team you've come to hear about, the mighty Blackburn Rovers. Hi, it's Hayden Carter here. This is the 4,000 Holes podcast. Let's go through our squash ladder. I'll speak for James and Ian, I think, when I think I'm going to speak both. I'm going to say Rob is going to finish higher than QPR, Sheffield Wednesday, Huddersfield, Rotherham, Plymouth, and Cardiff, who are the six sides we see being dragged into a relegation zone. Then it gets interesting. Ian, I'm going to come to you. Do Rovis finish 18th or above? Uh,
0: obviously, the, yeah, there's still a couple of weeks of the window. We've still got holding out hope that we're going to sign somebody other than a, a, keep, a keeper to replace Kaminsky. Um, we desperately, desperately need, need a couple of players, don't we? Uh, I can see two scenarios. One is JDT stays. We have a rough start, but eventually things come come to good and yeah, we end up sort of like lower mid-table. One awful scenario. We don't bring anybody in now between now and the end of the window. JDT walks and the whole thing implodes. And before we know it, we're scrapping down there with Huddersfield, Sheffield, Wednesday, Queen's Park Rangers. Uh, I predicted 15th in my Loft for Words preview. So I've got us finishing above Swansea in our uh, squash ladder. Pleasingly also above Preston <laughs> on our squash ladder. So I'm, I'm going 15th. We'll finish just above Swansea City, just below Bristol City.
2: Just for the record, without wanting to steal the words from your mouth, you you don't think we're going to be bottom three, bottom four? You agree that we, I could have skipped over those happily? You don't see a situation where Rovers get dragged into the relegation zone? I can,
0: I can see circumstances which it might which that might happen, but that would mean no signings in this window, No no more signings. Mm-hmm. JDT getting really seriously hacked off. Let's say a couple of injuries... So, yeah know God forbid Adam Wharton, Joe ranking Costello get injured, um, and you're sort of thinking, we didn't score many goals last season, fifty two league goals in forty six mm-hmm. games, yeah, you take Brereton's fourteen out of that, then whatever goals are in that side, I've got to win you fifty points to stay up, then it starts to get quite interesting in all the <laughs> wrong ways i i don't I don't think the picture is as bleak as summer painting. But equally, there are enough worrying noises out there to leave a big, big doubt. So as we are recording this before the season starts, I think 15th is very much on the uh, let, let's hope it's a stable ship and JDT doesn't leave sort of scenario. But I can see circumstances under which it gets worse. But I'm just hoping that that doesn't prevail.
2: James, I'm going to come to you. 15th has been the uh, the opening bit from Ian there. Do, do you see us finishing higher than 15th, lower than 15th or 15th?
3: higher than 15th how high 8th no, I do I think we are one decent striker and one right winger away from getting playoffs and I'll stand by that and if then two things do happen I think we will get playoffs but as it stands I think we'll we'll be 8th and I think it'll be similar to last season where we, we just we hover about for the whole season and then we just drop off at the end I think but I do think if we get a striker, we will we will be up there. Um, but obviously, the concerning news around around the weekend and obviously start of the week um, circumstances can can and could change. Um, and if that does change, then uh, I think we'll be in a bit of a bother. So <laughs> was, um, I'm opposite ends of the scale there. Um, I think if JRT stays, we'll be absolutely fine, and I think we'll be similar to last season. But if he if he leaves, um, I think we'll be like towards 18th, 19th, 20th.
2: Again, I think you both hit the nail on the head really this season. It's all about JDT. How long does he stay? Does he get his head turned when perhaps Leicester get off to, us to look a sluggish start? And then their manager, who's unexperienced gets sacked. And then JDT goes in. And dare I say it, the one thing that is in the back of my mind nagging away at me this season is that Nathan Jones is going to be Rovers' manager at some point this yeah, season. Yeah, I've seen that
3: and it really annoys me. I, I can't but I think about
2: it. My prediction actually is going to split you or two right down the middle almost and my prediction is finishing 12th. I think that's where Rovers are going to finish this season. Slap bang in the middle not in danger of relegation, not in danger of getting promoted. You could see us finishing above Bristol and Birmingham, uh, in and around that sort of Norwich-Watford sort of table malaise. Again, it's the great unknown, isn't it? Because I think I would have said this exact answer. I think if I could have rewound back to this time last year and I was on the podcast, I would have said exactly the same, which is we've lost a key player. How are we going to replace them? Who knows? Uh, The managerial, we're, we're and yet last season, it started frazierly with the win-loss record and we were up there at Christmas and we we, we were there about. But who knows? I think I agree with everything that everyone said thus far, that it's, it's a tougher league this season. There's some good sides in there. I think the top six would be very ambitious. Uh, but at the same time, I really couldn't see us getting sucked into a relegation battle unless the sort of proverbial hits the fan big time in the next couple of weeks, which of course it could. We don't know. Rumors abound at all times. So, uh, so yeah, I'm going to go for 12th. So uh, that's our final list. Just give you a quick rundown of the list. Of course, this full list will be available on our brfcs.com pages and forums, but we've got Leeds, Leicester, Southampton, Middlesbrough, Coventry, and Sunderland making up the top six, just missing out on the playoffs. Stoke, West Brom, Millwall, Ipswich in that mid table section, Norwich, Birmingham, Watford, Bristol, with of course Rovers somewhere in the middle of them, depending on whose opinion you want to take out of mine, Ian or James's. And then the middle of the bottom half, Swansea, Preston, and Hull, and the relegation battle to be contested between Cardiff, City, Plymouth Argyle, Rotherham United. And our three relegated sides, Huddersfield, Sheffield Wednesday, and unfortunately, rock bottom, Queen's Park Rangers. Do you agree? Do you not agree? Where can you see Rovers finishing up? Of course, get involved with us over on the BRFCS.com's forums, messages on Twitter and other socials where you can have USA. say, it'd be great to hear what you think of that list. <laughs> Welcome back to part two of this week's podcast, where I'd like to play you an audio interview that I did with head of marketing at Blackman Rovers, Fraser Reid, who was visiting our stall at the Fans Takeover Friendly against Girona last Saturday. I asked Fraser about the 1875 membership. Hi, I'm joined by a special representative from Button Rovers, joined by Fraser Reid. Fraser, good to have you on the podcast. Uh, Can you just explain what your role is here at Button Rovers?
1: Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Um, So my role is head of marketing. Um, So I cover everything from brand and design uh, right the way through all of our campaigns per department and then through to the data and analytics as well. So trying to get a real breadth of um, what we do and how we can go about our, our day to day functions.
2: Super. And uh, what we want to speak to you about uh, specifically is
1: the 1875 membership, which got announced earlier on this week. Can you
2: let the supporters know sort of the benefits of the 1875 membership?
1: Yeah, so um, the 1875 membership obviously has has been going for a few years now, um, but we've tried to revamp it this year um, based on the sort of data that we're seeing and the interaction and engagement we're getting with different uh, benefits and parts of it. Um, obviously, there's a there's a large proportion where it's sort of discounts and offers uh, across the club, whether that be retail, whether that be uh, non-match day events. There's obviously the ticketing element for those aren't season ticket holders, but we feel that the the value in the package, um, obviously far outweighs what you what you pay for it um, if you use all of those benefits wisely. Um, we've added this year membership packs um, to sit alongside some of those intangible benefits, if you like. Um, and hopefully that sort of adds that little bit of real feel that that fans often see at other clubs and maybe haven't seen here in the past
2: and also there's 1875 plus membership available this season could you let the supporters know what that entails
1: yeah i think we, we obviously want to engage those that are maybe further afield um having the plus membership obviously uh, allows you in, in any of the age groups where we've got the plush options um, to have something again that's a little bit more tangible so we've got audio commentary um, for, for the kids we've, we've done some infant kits obviously this, this helps us to engage in those areas and, and push that out um, but obviously at a slightly discounted rate to those who take it in the membership as well
2: Excellent and obviously dispelling some of the myths of uh, 1875, I know it was popular in the last couple of years with obviously getting tickets for the Burnley matches or the Blackpool matches but it's going to be important again this year as well for some of the big games we've got coming up both at Ewood and, and away from home.
1: Definitely I think um, you know we appreciate that some of those derbies have sort of uh, have moved now and there's some different games to look forward to this season but Ultimately, we're trying to put, put stuff out there that, that offers discounts and offers and allows people to engage and interact with the club um, in the way they want. Obviously, there's going to be a few times away on the road this year where the, the attendance will be lower and, and you know, we can start to filter out um, by that and give some priority to, to fans who to look to invest in the club. Um, but yeah, it, it's going really well at the moment. Numbers are looking really good, so um, really positive response. I thank the fans for that. Really, that's
2: great. And how do the supporters uh, purchase the 1875 membership?
1: So, uh, if you go on any of our sort of digital channels, um, you'll see signposting towards it. But um, it's through our Ticketmaster site. Um, so, if you go on the Ticketing page, and navigate to the membership. Uh, icon and then you'll be able to see the whole list of, of memberships and benefits that come with each each package as well.
2: Super, and just finally on a personal level, great to be uh, in the club, uh, feel like you're a club now, feel like you're getting your feet under the table and sort of into that second season, you're excited for 2023-2024?
1: Definitely, yeah, been here just over a year. Um, It was an interesting sort of challenge and opportunity when I first came in, and I think the first season was a really positive one. Um, Some ups and downs along the way, but but that's what you enjoy about football, and hopefully we can kick on this season. Um, You know, the kit launches have been a real positive. I think everyone's looking forward to the season and hopefully get a win today.
2: Super, thanks so much for joining Have a great season. Cheers. Thanks, guys. A huge thank you there to Fraser Reed for joining us on Saturday. He is, of course, the head of marketing at Blackburn Rovers. Uh, When it comes to the 1875 membership, there's been some talk on the message boards and some myths dispelled there, hopefully. James, you're a season ticket holder, who uh, a potential 1875 member. Were you uh, encouraged by what Fraser had to say to go and purchase an 1875 or even an 1875 plus membership?
3: Um, I thought his answers were very good and very clear and gave a good thought. Give good responses to the questions. And um, in regards to myself, I've, I've been a season ticket holder for um, I'm approaching my twentieth year with my dad. I would consider buying it if for twenty pounds non-season ticket holders, but I wouldn't pay the extras personally. I think the only extra you get is audio commentary, and I don't think it's worth it for that personally. But I can see why some people would buy it. I mean, you get you do get some good benefits from it, obviously you get five pounds off Cat air tickets, priority access to away tickets and fifteen percent off match day hospitality. But for me, um, no, I wouldn't buy it.
2: I think you hit the nail on the head there. For me, it is more for the non-season ticket old fans, particularly this season when there's no Burnley tickets or Preston, uh, Blackpool tickets, shall I say, or Wigan tickets that you have to get. Yeah. It really seem to come into its own for those priority tickets. Now, of course, we could go on an FA Cup run or a League Cup run or whoever. It might come in further down the line, but I suppose you can yeah. always jump on mid-season
3: anyway. That was the case. Yeah, yeah, and I think, I think it's really beneficial for fans who can't necessarily get there every week as well. I think it's a good option for them. But for myself, who have got every home game and the
2: other way again. And um, for me, it's not worth it. Yeah, and another you know, thing to add to that: people who can't get to the midweek games, perhaps fans who live exactly, further yeah. afield from Blackburn, also international fans. Of course, that's yeah. a big market in in modern football. Whether or not they'd be more inclined to get an eighteen seventy five membership or not, uh, we we'll, we'll have to see. We'll see whether it's a success this season. Oh, there you go, wrapping up the podcast for this week. A big thank you to both my guests, Ian, who joined us in part one, and of course you, James, in part two. Great to have you both on the podcast. Keep your eyes and ears peeled on all our socials for more podcasts coming your way throughout the season. Just a little bit of housekeeping before I go. If you've not had a chance to listen to any of our coverage for the Girona fans takeover match, be sure to listen to that. We did a preview and also a, a, a sort of a day at the match with myself and James, some of the thoughts of some of the fans and some of the other storeholders from the day and what turned, into, turned out to be a really successful day The fans' groups. Real pleasure to be there on Saturday at the Rovers. And also, while you're perhaps doing your morning walks or jogs or runs at the gym, listen to the conversation Ian had with Natalie Parks Thompson, Suzanne Geldard, and the producers of the book, Liam Hayes. Liam Hayes. Sorry, thanks for that. It was a wonderful interview you did with them. Uh, A good sort of 45 minutes to an hour long listen. And see where you can purchase the book online and in the shop. Well worth your time. Well worth a listen. So until next time, have a great rest of the week. Great weekend. Come on the Rovers at home this weekend against West Bromwich Albion, the kickoff of the 23 24 season. Let's hope it's a memorable one for all our sake. Until next time, from me, James, and mm-hmm. I'll see you later.
1: Bye. Hi, Lewis Travis here. Just wanted to say I'm listening to 4000 Holes podcast.
2: <laughs> Have you got bacterial fungus between your toes? You get Lamisil AT. Yeah. Have you got athlete's foot? Professional when I get on a roll.
3: Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee free overdraft with the chime checking account. Sign up today at chime.com/goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stripe Bank NA, members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft
0: limits apply.
3: It's the ninetieth minute. All you mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You win.